0: Hey everybody from beautiful Cardston, Alberta, Canada. My name is Dave Miller and welcome back to the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast where we discuss the secrets of how you or someone you love can begin losing the mental weight and building the mental muscle you need to crush your anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide and all kinds of other mental health Challenges. And can I just tell you, I love you. I believe in you. And regardless of how you currently see yourself, the truth is, you are a beautiful soul, a wonderful, talented person. Your worth is infinite, and your life has a purpose. And as you know, I've gone through 20 years of mental health struggles. I didn't used to believe all that, but all that's changed as I've been able to lose the mental weight and build the mental muscle that I've needed to, to be able to have a different, a new lease on life and a different picture of myself to adopt a new identity. Well, today, usually I like to start out with a funny story. Today I want to start out with a story as well, but this one is definitely not funny But it is one that I want to share with you. So, the other day I went to take our uh, vehicle into the mechanic to get some work done. And as I pulled up and went to walk into the mechanic's shop, I noticed um, a friend of ours that was parked in front of the shop as well, who was also ready to go in. And we started chatting. And during the course of that chat, we chatted about a lot of different things. And at one point, I asked him how his son was doing. And I hadn't seen his son for, oh, it was probably about six months or so. We used to bump into each other at the grocery store. And our son, uh, our oldest son, Thomas, used to uh, work with him. And when I asked this question, I could tell that... Um, uh, it was received in a different than usual way, and he uh, told me that, unfortunately, his son had passed away in about the last six months, and I, oh, man, that was tough for me to hear because I had no idea, and I knew that, um, you know, that he had a wife, and he had, I think, three kids, and... And uh, so this is really tough news for me to hear. So as his dad continued to talk about the circumstance, he talked to me about something that I have, I guess, kind of been insulated from a topic um, and a subject, but I think it's one that's so closely related to mental health, and that's why I wanted to talk about it today. Um, because you may have... Uh, some experience in knowing those who struggle with addiction, in particular opio- opioid addiction and other kind of drugs and alcohol. And what this dad told me about was just uh, such a sad story of someone who was working very, very hard to provide for his wife and his children, and then he got sucked into drug addiction and... Um, Yeah, I guess I feel like the details of it are confidential, even though, um, you know, if you're listening from all around the world, it's, uh, he's a total stranger to you. But I just want to keep that confidentiality, because I don't have permission specifically to share the story. Um, Anyways, it was just heartbreaking to me, and after I, uh, we finished talking, and After um, I was done doing what I needed to do at the mechanic shop, I drove away and I thought, you know what, I need to be by myself for just a few minutes and I need to go on a drive and and have a good cry, which I did do. And uh, just to kind of mourn the loss of a friend and someone who is really very happy whenever I had seen him and I thought about the details of his story and how um, incredibly surprising it was to me that uh, to become addicted to these drugs was so easy. It happened in a way that just seemed amazing to me just like it drew him in like a magnetic pull and he was hooked and uh, overdosed at one point. And so uh, at first, I don't think this part is necessarily confidential. Um, maybe you might think that it would happen. Uh, initially, um was responsible for him getting a divorce with his wife. And then his drug overdose happened after that. And it was just so, like I say, so sad to hear about And as I drove and as I was bawling, you know, for a few minutes, and then I started to think about, you know, what could I have done? I don't have experience in this problem, but I don't know. That's my natural reaction. You know, what could I have done to help? There's this wonderful person who is no longer here on the earth, and it just broke my heart, and it still does. It wasn't that long ago that I found out about it. And the answer to my question, what could I have done to help? The first thing that came to my mind was, you know what? I need to continue to teach anybody who will listen about transcendental meditation. This is the thing that has helped me to... Uh, like I say, it said at the beginning, to have a new lease on life. And this is the thing that I know can help people. And although I haven't been addicted to drugs, I have been addicted to other things, I guess. I would say mainly a feeling of shame and guilt and uh, self-loathing, that kind of thing. And and the more that I continue to do meditation and um, relatively recently have gotten into transcendental meditation specifically these difficult things that i've been dealing with in terms of mental health have gotten better and better and better so my suspicion at the time was if i was to talk about uh, to research transcendental meditation and how it was able to help um specifically able to help with drug and alcohol addiction, that I would find a lot of information. So in preparation for this uh, podcast episode, I took a look and wow, did I find a lot of stuff. So what I want to share with you today is what I think is kind of the most interesting stuff. There's a lot of research that's been done, but there's a lot of dry, you know, research papers that just kind of boring to read. They have good information, but kind of boring to read. So what I want to share with you today are uh, two YouTube video clips. Yes, I know you're listening so you can't see it, um, but I think you're really going to like these because they're both from Russell Brand, who of course is takes kind of a dark topic and is able to put some humor around, humor around it but still address it in, I think, the way that it needs to be addressed. And then to finish off, uh, I want to read you part of an article that is researchy, but it's not dry and boring. It's actually absolutely amazing. Um, and to me, it's a very intriguing research study because it really gives a lot of hope, I think, to those that are struggling with drug addiction. So again, when I had asked myself, what could I have done to help this friend of ours? I wish that I could have gone back in time and said, can I please tell you about Transcendental Meditation? This can help you. If you are someone right now who is struggling with drug or alcohol addiction, please listen to what uh, we're about to go through really carefully. Please consider it carefully. And If it's not you that is struggling, but someone else you know, please pass this podcast on. Please share it, because there's so many people out there who are suffering. They're struggling to know how to become stronger, how to get over these addictions. This is a free, uh, relatively easy method of doing that. Transcendental Meditation. Okay, so let's talk to Russell Brand first, not talk to, but let's hear what he has to say, because again, it's in kind of a comedic, humorous way um, that he describes things uh, about his drug and alcohol addiction.
1: Uh, I'm a drug addict as well. Now, the reason I became a drug addict, you might not know this yet, it would be the same sort of reason. I I took drugs really as a sort of an anaesthetic, as a distraction, because it was one of the few things in my life that gave me any comfort. Why is it that all the way through my life I felt this sense of irritation, this agitation, this emptiness, this hollowness, this feeling that something's not quite there, this feeling that there's something just beyond my grasp, this sort of loneliness, a hollowness in me always. that nagged away at me. And when I found sort of every progressive drug, cannabis, LSD, crack, heroin, each of them, I greeted as tiny little powdery prophets solutions to the problem of my inner angst but you know none of them worked with and you know this now because what are you in some sort of rehab? rehab are they you idiot you're in a rehab it's obviously not well why do you even need me to tell you well like the thing is is that what I have learned is that what I was looking for all that time was a sense of union a sense of Connection. I heard once all desire is the inappropriate substitute for the desire to be at one with God. Who knows that more than we? I think we drug addicts are very religious people. I think we have a yearning for something potent. And life's not just enough, it's enough for us other people to go have a few drinks, have a bit of a smoke, even a couple of lines, and they're all right with it. Why for us must there be more? Why for us is there the subsequent misery? Because for us, these flimsy scraps are never going to be enough. We want the real connection, we want the absolute connection. And the thing is is that connection exists and it's possible to find it it's possible that you in fact could find it now first you have to remove the chemicals and the substances you have to get rid of them i believe in abstinence-based recovery i don't believe in i believe in harm reduction where necessary to get you to abstinence-based recovery but i believe if you're a drug addict of the nature that i am that you have to remove drugs from your life then what i think is You have to create the conditions for a spiritual experience. You have to create the conditions. I heard a wonderful analogy once. Apparently, if you live in rural America, and I can't imagine what that must be like, but if you do, you have to build a post box. You have to put a post up, and you have to build the post box, the exact specifications. Otherwise, the mail, the US mail, ain't gonna deliver your letters. So every morning, if you can't be thinking, I can't be bothered to build a mailbox, they can just chuck it on the lawn. You might not get any letters, and you might therefore receive the information in your head that no one loves you, no one cares about you, but you didn't the conditions for the letters to be delivered i think getting clean from drugs and following 12-step based abstinence programs is creating the conditions for a spiritual experience we have to create the conditions for the letter to be delivered once we create the conditions for the spiritual experience which isn't easy It isn't easy, but it's easier than being a drug addict in active addiction. Once you create those conditions, then it's possible for the spiritual condition. Then you will need the support of a community, a community of like-minded people. I think this is true for any transcendence, for any spiritual life. You have to first of all receive the message, and then you need the support of a community, unless you're hardcore enough to go it alone at the foot or the top of a mountain dressed in a sheet, and I'm not there yet. And transcendental
0: meditation would do what for them?
1: ah transcendental meditation will give you the access to god it will give you access to a peace it will give you an access to to a consciousness that is not entirely defined by yourself and your conditions as you understand them it'll give you sanctuary and serenity that's what it's done for me it's become part of a a part of an integral part of my life as a recovering drug addict is transcendental meditation is part that's where i access the what is it known in my it's known as the 11th step Conscious contact with God. Conscious contact with God, for me, comes through Transcendental Meditation. It's a huge part of my recovery. And the show ends. Thank
0: you very much for all of this. Many people are not aware they can Okay, find we're going to leave it there. I uh, Hold on a sec. True. Okay. <laughs> There's a guy. He's... Uh, is he talking about well it doesn't really matter we're going to continue with the podcast so so there's russell brand and i get a kick out of him in a lot of ways because he's very talkative he goes around and around but really the whole interview was about how transcendental meditation has helped him overcome his uh, drug addiction and the person that had asked him you know and how his transcendental meditation helped you his name is bob roth and he's kind of the main guy in the United States that deals with Transcendental Meditation. He's the guy that has gone and taught Transcendental Meditation to Russell Brand, to Ellen, to Oprah and her staff. Um, he takes it to sc- inner city schools through the... Well, I don't want to talk too much about it. There's a foundation, but there's another video that um, I want to share with you. Of course, just the audio, but... Um, I want to share this with you, and they're going to talk about a foundation that brings uh, Transcendental Meditation to uh, inner-city school kids, etc. So this is some pretty big stuff that helps millions of people. And um, let me play for you now the next video um, that is, again, Russell Brand. uh, And just to set the scene for you here, he is at this... It's called Operation Warrior Wellness, and they're at the launch of this. There's got to be like, I don't know, maybe 100 reporters, people in the media, mental health organization representatives that are sitting in front of him, and he's at a podium in the front of the room, and he's chatting, and what I've done is fast-forwarded past a lot of the, you know, just funny Russell Brand stuff, which is also good, but to get to a little bit more of the meat and potatoes of what he's saying. And uh, yeah, I think you'll really like what he has to say. And he does talk about, again, how transcendental meditation has um, helped in, uh, in his journey with drug addiction. Okay, let's go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm honoured to be part of the David Lynch TM Foundation. Um, My personal experiences, which are really all I'm qualified to speak about, and I'm enormously qualified to speak about them. (laughs) Don't really talk about anything else, to be honest. Um, Ah, the Resilient Warrior, which actually I was going to call Bookie Wook (laughs) 3 the Resilient Warrior. Thank heavens you stepped in. Um... My personal experiences with transcendental meditation began about 14 months ago. Um, I was making, and indeed am making, it's taking ages, a documentary about the pursuit of happiness in our contemporary culture, saturated as we are with consumerism and obsession with commercialism and fame, transient pleasures, superficial pleasures that provide little nutrition. I used to be poor, now I'm not. And uh, I didn't used to be famous, now I am. And I thought that both of these significant transitions might bring a certain amount of satisfaction. They did a bit initially. I was a devoted drug addict for a long while. I really, really committed to that drug addiction. And in fact today, uh, on the launch of this initiative and on the day of tonight's uh, event, which I'm honored to be part of, is serendipitously Eight years exactly to the day since I gave up drugs and alcohol. Thanks. One never likes to assume there'll be an applause there, but I knew that I was in America and it was likely. In England, there would have been a roll of the eyes. (sighs) You don't get applauded for giving up drugs. Just sort of, you might be offered tea. So, um, I began, so I met Bob... Roth, who's been floating about the place. Not literally, his meditation practice isn't that good. Just... (laughs) (coughs) His transcendence is still, I don't know, sort of uh, psychological as opposed to physical. But some people think he might float in his private time, and what he does is up to him. (laughs) Who are we to judge? so I met Bobby Roth, wanted to learn about Transcendental Meditation due to my dissatisfaction with some of the pleasures that I talked about. Drugs, the fame, the celebrity, the consumerism, the wealth, all of these things that pledge happiness but deliver so little of substance. And uh, in learning about Transcendental Meditation, I found very quickly access to a, a deeper state of happiness, which is very uh, profound and absolute. See, like, I can, as I said, I can only talk about my personal experiences. What it felt to me was like the dissolution of my idea of myself like uh, i felt like separateness evaporated i felt this tremendous sense of oneness i find it uh, i'm quite an erratic thinker quite an adrenalized person and like but what through meditation i felt this absolute this sort of beautiful serenity and uh selfless connection you know my sort of uh, tendency towards selfishness i felt like uh, i felt that kind of exposed as a superficial and pointless perspective to have. I felt a very relaxed sense of oneness. I felt la- uh, I felt love, you know, sort of love for myself, but also love for everybody else. A constant sense of absolute love between all of us. This, is, for me, is a beautiful thing. My recovery is contingent upon uh, a spiritual component. And whilst I know the foundation likes to uh, necessarily focus on the practical and pragmatic aspect of this uh, wonderful process, for me, the spiritual element has been valuable. I'm particularly happy to learn that it is applicable to people that have endured such phenomenal and extreme experience as some of the military speakers that we've heard today because for me, they exist on a promontory of such phenomenal and terrifying experience with such courage and bravery. It's difficult, I think, to have legitimate empathy for people that have gone through so much. And if there's anything we can do to assist people, if there is any technique that can make their suffering temporarily or permanently alleviate, and this is something we have to research and learn more about. Because, for me, what I've discovered is that Transcendental Meditation is useful to me, not because of a unique set of circumstances, not because of my formerly secret brilliance, no. But because I am a human being, and it is applicable to all human beings. And that, what's really good about that is literally everyone in this room is one. And in fact, I believe, and I, David will have to confirm this, that all human beings on our planet are human. And beings. So uh, we're laughing. We're in hysterics. It's, uh, it's a good thing because this technique is applicable to all human beings in all situations, no matter how extreme, trivial, or mundane, someone, uh, everyone can draw from it. It's been incredibly useful for me. The other day, as I was just telling uh, David, as a matter of fact, while I was still sitting on the podium before I got seduced by the Clint Eastwood video and then subsequent speakers, um, <laughs> I, like, it made me think of a brilliant idea. I think it created space in my mind for, a, I had a really wonderful moment of creativity during TM. So it's like, you know, there are privileges and luxuries that are accessible, but also people that, as we've heard today, are in extreme states of suffering, can benefit from it too. So I'm very, very grateful to be involved. I'm very grateful to you, David, and to you, Bob, and everyone who has spoken today, and to all of you for attending. Thank you very much. Thanks. Cheers.
0: Okay, so there you have it from Russell Brand and his comedic and humorous words and ways. And uh, yeah, he's such a great guy, isn't he? So he was addicted to drugs and at the time of the video, eight years clean. What a wonderful thing and hugely attributes his recovery um, to Transcendental Meditation. So if this is something that you are struggling with or you know someone, love someone that is struggling with this, I really just want to emphasize again and invite you to check out Transcendental Meditation. It is absolutely amazing. He talked about so many things there, but the two, uh, maybe three things that stick out to me are that he began to feel love for himself. Huge thing with mental health problems i know if you've never dealt with that before to be like well don't doesn't everybody love themselves no um when you have mental health problems and uh, addictions is obviously one of those things that fall into the lack of love category um that this was something that was able to help him to develop that self-love then he talked about love for others Man, if you've got love for yourself and love for others, you're really on a good track of being able to overcome whatever it is you're dealing with addiction wise, other mental health challenges like anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, all those things that are sometimes on a continuum or wrapped into a package. And when you have love for yourself and love for others, wow, you're going to flourish. You're going to get better. You're going to do a lot better than you have been. And the great thing about Transcendental Meditation as well, the effects are cumulative. So when you continue to do your 20 minutes of Transcendental Meditation in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon or evening, and you do that day after day after day after day after day, you're just getting better and better. Like, it's like, It's not just like building a muscle where you kind of have a point where you can only go to the gym maybe two hours a day and it's like there's a certain point you got to stop. It just doesn't continue to get stronger. Well, with Transcendental Meditation, the effects just continue to spill out and pour out in a really good way into all areas of your life. And the third thing that he talked about that really caught my ear... Because, again, going back to this friend of ours who passed away because of uh, an addiction to drugs and eventually a drug overdose, it was very accidental from what I understand, is a relief of suffering. And I really think that when you think about drug addiction, there's a lot of suffering that goes on. Um, Divorce. you know, uh, anyways, I could go on and on and on about the suffering. We both know what we're talking, what I'm talking about here, and a relief of the suffering is something that I too have found in sticking with my transcendental meditation practice—20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes uh, afternoon, late afternoon or evening—and wow, it has really worked to relieve the suffering that I've had, and for me. It has a lot to do with not having um, constant thoughts of suicide. This used to happen to me on a fairly regular basis, even sometimes hourly. And that was hard. And I was suffering in a big way. And I got to tell you, that just does not happen to me anymore. So, again, something I invite you to check out. And it's just, it's so wonderful. So I want to finish up... By reading an article. Now, I was actually going to play another video for you, but there's, I kind of want to take little bits and pieces of this. So, what I'm going to read from is um, it's an article at tmhome.com, tmhome.com, and it's called Transcendental Meditation and Recovery from Addiction, a National Summit. This is from April 29th. Uh, sorry 2016. So you can find the video for this. There's like a whole, I don't know, eight hours or something. It's really good stuff. And they um, talked to some pretty famous people as well. Um, and of course, it applies to all us non-famous people, which is great. A growing number of people are finding that transcendental meditation is an essential tool in their recovery. That's the subhead. Okay, so here's, we're going to jump right in. Drug overdose is the leading cause of accidental death in the United States. This is back in 2016. I don't think nothing's changed, unfortunately. Out of 47,055 fatal drug overdoses in 2014, prescription painkillers and heroin were attributed to 29,467 of them. The federal government has pumped billions of dollars into funding treatment and prevention strategies, but the epidemic has yet to show any sign of waning. How true? Kind of tells you the solutions that are currently available ain't working too well. Everything's trending the wrong way. Okay, so what do we do? What can we do differently? A part of the solution. May Lie in Transcendental Meditation. This was the theme of a national summit held in New York where medical experts and recovering addicts, including comedian Russell Brand, 2020 anchor Elizabeth Vargas, oh, and 2020, uh, 2020 anchor Elizabeth Vargas, gathered to discuss the role of TM in addressing America's opioid crisis. Mindfulness meditation is already used in rehab programs across the US, but TM is just beginning to gain momentum in the public eye. Panelist after panelist of recovering drug, drug addicts testified to the healing power of the TM technique. So now I'm looking at a bar chart. It's kind of a looks like an upside down bar chart, but bottom line, what it is is it shows, the effectiveness of different techniques. So we've got a little orange bar, which goes about, I'd say, half an inch. Then we've got a little... So this is tobacco use. Uh, Then we've got a purple bar that goes about one inch. Then we've got TM technique. We're talking a a two-and-a-half-inch bar. So this is how effective these things are. So in other words, TM... Transcendental meditation is significantly um, more effective in helping people overcome tobacco use than any of these other methods. Okay, then we've got alcohol use. Uh, Same basic thing. The two methods before are pretty close, but TM, again, is like way out in front. Like the bar graph shows that it's way, way, way more effective. It even says, what? T equals 0.009. I don't even know exactly what that means. But bottom line is, you can tell by the little blue bar that it's way more effective. And then non-prescribed, I think we could call that illegal too, drug use. TM technique, wow. Way more effective. Okay. The National Summit was sponsored in part by the David Lynch Foundation. This is the one I alluded to before. This was the... One, the last video that we heard was Russell Brand speaking uh, in conjunction with this David Lynch Foundation um, conference that they were having, and that one was called Operation Warrior Wellness. That was at their launch, I think, as I had mentioned before. So, And their mission is to bring TM to at-risk populations to alleviate the toxic stress they are dealing with. Um Going to skip a little bit here. And now, given the severity of the heroin and painkiller epidemic, the foundation is exploring the potential application of TM in treating drug addiction. Okay, then shows a picture of Elizabeth Vargas, who dealt with some pretty bad anxiety and turned to alcohol as a way to soothe that anxiety, she said. Uh, she got out of rehab. Um she says transcendental meditation helps you slow down and she's able to think clearly and manage her panic. Talks about accessing inner calm. I'm just going to skip through this to get to the um kind of the parts I think that best relate. The research on meditation and recovery. There's already ample research demonstrating TM's wide-ranging benefits which include reducing stress, anxiety and insomnia to name a few. Even in the mid-90s, there were 19 controlled studies related to drug and alcohol abuse where TM was vastly superior. This is from Dr. Rosenthal. He is a clinical professor of psychiatry at the Georgetown University Medical School. He's a medical researcher and author of Supermind, How to Boost Performance and Live a Richer and Happier Life Through Transcendental Meditation. Uh they say there's always more room um, always room for more research. So um, they're talking about uh, the newest development is a feasibility study on the impact of the TM technique on preventing alcohol relapse currently underway at the Avery Road Treatment Center, an inpatient alcohol use disorder treatment facility in Rockville, Maryland. Over the course of one year, TM will be integrated into the treatment at that facility, which has the highest volume of primary alcohol use disorder patients coming through the facility in the state of Maryland. So pretty big. According to Roth, so this is Bob Roth, he's like the guy in the U.S. for Transcendental Meditation, the preliminary findings offer, quote, intriguing insights into how the technique can be used to address the problem of opioid addiction. He calls it an effective antidote to the nightmare of addiction. Okay. When you take... So this is Bob Roth speaking. When you take these positive results with previously published data that shows TM increases dopamine and serotonin, right, those are the good things in the brain, reduces cortisol and blood lactate, those are the bad things caused by stress, um and high anxiety and increases immune efficiency. you can see the potential of this simple technique in recovering, pro, uh, recovering programs. Okay, so they talk about some other stuff. There's a picture of Russell Brand. Here's what I want to get to. Implementing TM in addiction recovery and psychiatry. Roth, with the help of big-name TM people, or devotees, it calls them, like Russell Brand, Vargas and filmmaker David Lynch is working to bring TM to the masses. The technique does not only benefit those suffering mental health or substance use disorders, um, it can have a profound impact on any person. For those, uh, let's see, in the audience who work in the field, the summit opened the door to implementing TM in their own practices. And then it talks about Joe Sullivan, a certified addictions counselor at Nick's Place, a recovery home for young men in Beltsville, Maryland. She said she was intrigued by the panelist's testimony. Sullivan, Sullivan herself had been in recovery since 2013, and she plans to use TM in her own recovery and introduce it at Nick's Place. She says... Um, yeah, that's one of the things that she's open to trying. Okay, so and this brings up just little teeny side note before we finish off here. And that is and if anybody from the TM Foundation is listening, I hope you're not upset by this comment, but you know it's true. TM is very prohibitively expensive, in my opinion. So you can learn mindfulness meditation by going on YouTube and very quickly finding thousands of videos you can go in and learn it at your local um, inpatient or intake uh, what's the word i'm looking for here from a counselor very easy to learn It's focusing on your breath. It's you go on the calm app. Boom, Um, you can find the seven days of calm, the thirty day, twenty one days of calm with Tamara Levitt. That's the app that I first started out with when I first started doing mindfulness meditation several years ago. But for transcendental meditation, I'm gonna make a bit of a criticism here. Although their mission is to make it available to everyone, it's like a thousand bucks in. Canada, it's a little bit less money in the US, and it is not easy to access. There are not really that many teachers. They don't teach it online, they don't, whatever. And so, what you have to do if you don't want to pay the thousand bucks or the whatever it is, 675 in the US, you can just go on the internet, and if you do enough searching, And enough research you can kind of piece together what it is and it's very very simple so um, I'm gonna share that with you right now and then we're gonna finish up because for me it has been absolutely miraculous as I've talked about so here's what transcendental meditation is in a nutshell Now, this is without, and I don't want to, how can I put this? I don't want to minimize the process or belittle at all. But they do say that it's not a religion, and it's not a spiritual practice. But there is kind of an introduction to Transcendental Meditation, where you sit down with someone face-to-face, and there's sort of a little ceremony that happens, which I think is really cool. And what that ceremony does is honors and even they speak about the transcendental meditation teachers who have um, brought this practice to the world, even from thousands of years ago. And so it's—I think it's a really good education. It's very historical in nature. Um, there are certain things you, you can find find this out on the internet as well. Um, there's certain things in that ceremony that you do and then you are able to learn from your teacher what your specific phrase is that you then repeat again and again in your mind silently so um, again I don't want to belittle or begrudge or uh, put anybody down in the process of explaining this but here's what I have done for Transcendental Meditation I had signed up for the course. Long story short, there was border difficulties and it was difficult to get um, a test done for the coronavirus and kind of didn't know for sure if it was going to work. I was going to head to the U.S. because we only live 15 miles from Montana here and um, become officially uh, not trained in how to teach others but officially learn myself. I didn't end up doing that but I still practice transcendental meditation. What I did is I just adopted the phrase of OM, O-M. What I learned in my quite extensive research on the internet is that you want to pick a phrase that you will later, uh, as you meditate, repeat over and over in your mind silently that means nothing to you. If you find something else on the internet that says repeat like a phrase like love or whatever, no, not a good idea. And I'll tell you why. The brain is hardwired to make connections. And so your brain, we're told by neuroscientists, I'm just looking outside the bedroom window here right now where I have my home office, And I see trees and branches, and I'm sure we can all see that. Well, that's what they say is kind of like the ins, that's what the inside of our brain looks like. So, the point with transcendental meditation is you want to shut down your thinking so that you can go deep to a deeper level of consciousness. The way that you do that is you shut out the upper level of consciousness, those things that are on our minds all the time. Okay, let's see. I got to go down and get some buns for supper. I got to make sure that hamburger is defrosted. Um, Oh, let's see. uh, So-and-so is coming home at about this time. I need to pick so-and-so up from um, gymnastics. uh, You know, all that stuff that's in our mind all the time. Transcendental meditation transcends that, and we're able to bring some calm and peace into our minds weirdly oddly strangely whatever you want to call it they've actually done studies on the brain waves that are generated from transcendental meditation as compared to mindfulness meditation the transcendental meditation brain waves I don't know how to explain the science, but they're better. So the reason for that, I'm not exactly sure why it's generating uh, these kind of brain waves when you engage in transcendental meditation, but I can tell you from experience, whoa. It's kind of like, almost like self-hypnosis or something. I don't know how it works in the brain, but I can tell you I've done a lot of both, and whoo. Transcendental meditation really does, when you concentrate and when you get into it and when you do it over and over, day after day after day after week after month, wow, um, you are brought into a different level of consciousness. And what they say is, you're not quite awake and you're not quite asleep. It's very kind of an interesting state to be in. You go down, and your brain is able to access inner calm. Here's what you do. Here's what I do. And you can take it for, take the pieces of it that you like, but there's some fundamental stuff. So here's what I do. I sit down. I, have, I call it my meditation couch downstairs. I have a specific so- spot, and I do it about the same time in the morning ideally around 6, 6.30 in the morning, um, I sit on my meditation couch, I plug my earphones into my phone, and I actually go to the Calm app. If I've got enough time that day, I do a 10-minute guided meditation, mindfulness meditation, where you focus on your breathing, with Tamara Lovett first. There's a daily Calm, it's called, and it, it's, every day it's something different and a lot of days I don't have time to do that, so I just skip right to my music that is on that app, and it's like this. Actually, I'll just go to it right here. I'll let you take a listen to it. So I don't know if you'd call it music. It's like these nice tones. Okay, here it is. Okay, I think it's called Open Ocean on the Calm app. Um, But you can find, I mean, Calm app's like 75 bucks or 60 bucks a year or something like that. But you can find all kinds of different free ones on YouTube. And anyways, we all know how to get background music like that. But that's what kind of sets the tone for me. I put that on. Then I um, put my phone on do not disturb and airplane mode. And I set my timer for actually 21 minutes just to make sure I'm kind of, you know, if I got the wiggles or whatever, I need to, you know, scratch an inch or something. I got one minute to kind of just calm myself down. And then I actually do, um, I do like a, what are we, uh, what's the best way to describe this here? Breathing that is, you know, in Out, sort of breathing that's methodical, thought out, that kind of thing. Again, that's me. TM says it doesn't have anything to do with breathing. You don't have to worry. You don't have to engage in any specific breathing process like you do with mindfulness meditation. But I find it works well because I breathe in. And then as I breathe out, I just think in my mind, oh Um oh, right okay so it sounds kind of funny to say it out loud i used to think this is all you know this is kind of like what they do in california when they got a candle lit and everybody's sitting in a room with their legs crossed and their hands you know and the whatever yoga pose or whatever it might be and you know they, they still show it on movies and everybody kind of laughs but This is Transcendental Meditation and I gotta tell you folks, don't knock it till you try it. I knocked it for a very long time and then I tried it and I gotta tell you, I will never go back. One of my biggest regrets in this life, if not the biggest because it's so foundational, is that I didn't start meditation sooner and in specific Transcendental Meditation, my life would have been totally different. But that's gone and they say the best Time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The best time is right now. So, um, but I really commend this to you. Try it. If you will try it and you will stick with it, you'll be amazed. So the process, get some nice kind of background music on. You want to have a very quiet location, but you don't have to. They say with transcendental meditation, you can actually do it on a subway. Bob Roth talks about the fact he's meditated during a New York Yankees uh, baseball game at halftime or something in this big stadium, uh, in the backseat of a taxi, on an airplane, all these different things. For me personally, I like the background music. It blocks out the noise, helps me to focus, but it's not a necessity. And you're just saying silently in your mind over and over whatever you're specific phrases that you choose om i think is really good because as i was talking about before if you say something like love your brain like a tree goes Mm -hmm. and there's all these different memories and meanings and attached to the word love you may love your dog you love how your lawn looks you love the place you live you love your spouse, you love your children, you love your grandparents, your parents, there's like, your brain is like into overdrive when you just say the word love. Or any other word, even, anyways, we could go on and on about this, but when you say the word OM, assuming that you have no connections with that in another language, to me, my brain doesn't go... (laughs) like a tree because and there's branches and connections made everyone my everywhere my neurons do not go crazy because uh, what does ohm mean I, i still don't i think it means something like stillness and peace or has connotations along those lines but for me it just it doesn't mean anything therefore the brain can remain calm so that is like the second key You want to be repeating this phrase over and over, but make sure you choose a phrase that doesn't mean anything to you. No connections. You do this for 20 minutes. I just set a timer on my phone. It pops up. I press stop. I do actually three more repetitions, and then I'm done. And then I set uh, an alarm on my phone. I've got it as a repeating alarm every day. 5 o'clock just reminds me. Meditate. And so you can do it before supper. That's actually technically what TM advises. They say do it on an empty stomach. But I also know um, Ray Dalio, the billionaire, says that he does it every day after supper. And he uh, credits his great success to transcendental meditation and doing that practice for over 40 years. David Lynch, same thing. There's a lot of people that do And so I don't really think it makes a huge difference. It's just sometime in the afternoon or the evening. And the point of doing it before supper is to kind of get you mentally prepared again for potential stresses, anxieties, etc. that you may experience for the rest of the day. And if you do it too late at night, they say that it can actually keep you awake because it uh, energizes your brain. So... You can, you know, take that for what you will, do it however, you know, whatever works best for you. But those are kind of the fundamentals. So again, you're sitting comfortably in a chair, couch, whatever it might be. You're repeating the phrase over and over in your mind, and you do it for 20 minutes ideally. They say yes, if you can only fit in 15, but to me, if you can fit in 15, you can fit in 20. And it's kind of like going to the gym. In doing mindfulness meditation, I started out being very faithful at doing 10 minutes a day. Or sometimes I only squeezed in like one minute. What you'll find, and I can tell you this from experience, is it's kind of like going to the gym like I just said a minute ago. If you go to the gym for 10 minutes one day, one minute another day, 30 seconds another day, three minutes another day, and then you skip three days, you know it's better than not going to the gym But the amount of strength that you are going to build to be able to lift the tough stuff you need to lift throughout the day is not really going to increase. It's going to increase through consistency. So 20 minutes consistently in the morning, 20 minutes consistently in the afternoon or evening, that's going to do it for you. And my goal is to go for 40 years without missing a session. Since I started my first session, I have never missed. I'm very proud of that fact. And I hope to be like Ray Dalio too one day and say, you know, my great success, now that I'm a billionaire, is due to Transcendental Meditation. And I would also, you know, throw in some other things, of course, support from my wife. I believe in God and that, you know, um, success comes from lots of things surrounding him being able to help me in doing that as well. That's my personal belief. Uh, but what I do know is I have experienced literally a miraculous change in my level of love for myself, like Russell Brown was talking about, love for others, and patience in both those areas, and less suffering. I used to suffer so much from anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, not saying I'm 100% free of those things, But wow, my suffering when it comes to those things is significantly decreased since I engaged in, began engaging every day without exception in Transcendental Meditation. Try it. It works. Okay, well, that is all the time we have together today. Thank you so much for being here with me, as I always say. And like I say, In particular, this particular episode, please share it with someone that you know that may need some help. Not only with Transcendental Meditation, but if you know somebody who's struggling with any kind of addiction, please share it with them. I really believe that this is something that could help them. I'd love for you to subscribe and rate the podcast if you can make a few minutes to do that it would mean so much to me and if you're a book lover i'd love for you to check out my self-help book on amazon as i always talk about just go to amazon search the mentally ill mentor and david grant miller and poof it's gonna pop up there's the paperback and kindle version for you to check out and uh... yeah i'd love to have you do that Well, that is it for this week. Thank you again so much for taking the time to be with me. I am so excited to meet with you again next week. But like I always say, before I go, just imagine me giving you a great big Canadian bear hug and telling you, I love you. I believe in you. You are a beautiful soul and a wonderful, talented person. Your worth is infinite and your life has a purpose. And take it from someone who knows how you feel. If things are rough right now, things will get better. Hang in there. You'll be so darn happy you did. I love you. Bye-bye.